Welcome back to Recap, the podcast where we cover some of the latest news featured on our social media pages and beyond. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. Today, I'm your host, Joshua Hyde, and with me today are the professoriest of professors, Professor X, Alex Crohannon, and our favorite, uh, what do we call him, Nick the Dude, Nick the... Nick the what? Homie. I forgot. Nick the, Nick the homie. homie. Yes, there it was. Nick the homie. We got Nick the homie in the building today. Well, not sorry, not in the building. Uh, we, we are in the studio mm. today, but Nick is with us uh, remotely. <laughs> in spirit. In spirit. But, in spirit. Uh, I'm actually just the ghost in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> You're the ghost in the studio. Uh, I died a while back. One presence we are, in fact, missing today is good old Anthony, the greatest writer of all time. He had some things he needed to go do, so he is not with us today. However... I will sacrifice be... another goat. True. To bring him back. The, 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 the goat had to sacrifice <laughs> the goat. Was I the first goat to get sacrificed then? Is that why no, I no, are you a goat? Here. You're still here. The ghost. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Nick, the goat, the, the other goat is... Uh, all, is <laughs> the, the ghost goat. The ghost goat. The ghost goat. The goat ghost. So I, I'm going to be, oh. I'm gonna be your, your person playing devil's advocate today, Alex. Since Anthony's not here. Have at the knave. All right. So uh, normally <laughs> to get it started, knave. I would pass to Anthony, but he's not here. So I'll pass it to myself. So that way we can talk hey. about the poll. So for those of you who uh, may or may not be aware, the polls come out every Friday on our Facebook page. And we really like to interact with you guys there. Uh, today's poll. Uh, I don't know exactly when it was uh, posted, but uh, actually I think maybe I can. T- nope. Nope. Never mind. Let's say it. But. Uh, it's a poll that did come out a little while ago, and it was uh, regarding mass shootings. One of the things that I'll go ahead and talk about now is the fact that uh, several of these episodes as of late have been uh, talking about what I call the gun epidemic in our society, and uh, we we are covering a bit more of that today. So this poll states uh, there have been more than 130 mass shootings or 230 mass shootings since January 1st, and now guns are the number one killer of children in the United States and its territories. Since guns are now the number one killer of children, there have been some asking for red flag laws that will remove guns from people who show signs of violence, but people want to go about it in different ways. Some prefer to, or some prefer a prevention method that removes guns from people showing signs of gun responsibility. There are others who want to say shootings are caused by mental illness and we should direct our attention there. And there are others who want to offer an incentive for people to voluntarily reduce the number of guns that they have. The poll question is this. When thinking of saving children's lives along with everyone else's, in which direction, uh, in which of these three directions do you think we should go? Uh, Red flag laws, uh, mental illness, or uh, incentives for voluntarily reducing the number of guns? I'll go ahead and start. Um, Personally, uh, we I know we've talked about how mental illness isn't really the problem, but more or less a scapegoat that they're using uh, to kind of deflect the issue. I think the actual problem is the number of weapons that are available and the general access to getting more of them in America. And so I think personally the most effective option would be to uh, reduce the number of guns that people have, give them some kind of incentive to either relinquish the guns that they have or to have uh, maybe a different kind of weapon instead of uh, some of the things that they currently have access to. Those are my thoughts. What about you, Alex? Um, All of the above. (laughs) Yes. The answer is yes. 
uh, you should, and you say we should act to, um, should act to, not necessarily through red flag laws, like that's just like one way of doing it, but you should act to, um, we should add general common sense, as a um, common sense legislation, legislation for uh, uh, preventing um, guns falling into the uh, like falling into wrong, to the wrong hands. Um, we should also uh, do something about uh, about mental health, um, predominantly in the form of economic uh, reforms, um, like happy people don't kill their neighbor. Fair. <laughs> so maybe you should do something about that. I do something about that. And then, um, what was your, what was the third bit here? The third one was, uh, Oh, right. And then like, yeah, to removing yeah, the number yeah, of guns they have access to. Yeah. And that would, that, that would also feed into the first one. And you should just, uh, prevent people for like, you should just prevent, um, like the stockpile of firearms, um, by like particular individuals. Not that like having a gun collection is bad, but when, you know, say when it becomes, uh, you hit like ten to one guns to people in the house. Um, uh, that's an armory. Yes, that's 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 not a collection. That is an armory. <laughs> that is when it becomes a problem. How about you, Nick? What do you think? Uh, um, do you need me to repeat my initial the thought? Again? No, I got him. It's, it's prevention. It's um, yeah. Repeat the options. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. I had it, and then I started saying them, and then they were gone. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Effectively, prevention and or red flag laws, uh, we uh-huh. have uh, mental health and dealing with that. And then the third mm-hmm. one is uh, finding a way to get people to voluntarily relinquish uh, their firearms. There's no fucking way that's going to happen. I'm gonna <laughs> no one's going to go for that. The problem is, I think with all of those options, is that I think no one's going to go for any of them. And here's, here's the reason why. As far as prevention is concerned, they already have systems in place for that. They're school counselors for a reason. Because I believe the question was about school shootings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the yeah. the polls about school shootings. Yes. Right. So they have school counselors for a reason. School counselors, if they're not working already, I don't know what to tell you about prevention. The only other thing that works prevention-wise is that if you have a friend who's like saying some off-the-wall stuff, you should probably tell someone. But that depends a if you're willing to snitch on them, or b like what the culture of that school is. You know what I mean? Like That's fair. if someone, the, the relationship also matters. You can't like, there's, there's so many factors that go into a student telling a faculty member about, Hey, uh, my friend's been talking about shooting people. Like, I, I don't it's just it's a little worrisome. You never know how that's going to go. There is no safe space for that, for that student to really like to express that information. I bet you nine times out of 10, no one thinks that's going to go well. Uh, so, homie, um, um, I don't want you to know. So, um, per 2020, um, the, according to the National Center for Education Statistics, there are 130,930 recorded K through 12 schools in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, per the uh, Department of Labor, there are um, 33,957 school counselors. Oh. So um, you can do the math, right? That's uh, no. like one in four. Numbers too big. That's like one in four schools have a school have at least one school counselor. Well, that's what I'm saying. That they're supposed to be preventative measures, and unfortunately, it's not working. That was that was the point. It, well, it, for but whatever like, but the it's reason, not, but it's not that they're not, not working; enough. they're just not being done. 
There aren't enough of them. It only one in four, like right. only one in four schools have a school counselor, and that's one for the entire uh, school. It seems like. Yeah. Right. I, the the system does not work. Not that the counselors aren't doing their job. The system doesn't work. But well, we don't have counselor. a. Well, I disagree. The so, problem is that we don't have a system. <laughs> There's nothing. Fine, whatever. <laughs> it's not working. The point is that it's not working for whatever the reasons, whether there's not enough, whether there's no system, the preventative measures are not preventive. That is that is the thesis statement here. That's fair. But I do like having the numbers. The numbers are useful. <laughs> Actually, I, I didn't um, realize it was that. It was that. Oh, yeah. It's it's real that, bad. That's great. Well, and I say, uh, so um, John Oliver just did a piece on this. Um, more schools have... A uh, like have a resource officer, like so have a police officer in there in the school, then have school counselors. That's that's a concern. That tracks, yeah, that totally tracks. Unfortunately, that's, that's but so concern. yeah. The pre- as far as prevention is concerned, our current thing isn't working. Um, as Alex has demonstrated, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like unless we can find a way to get more social workers, more. Um, counselors in schools that that's just not an option like because uh, how do you police uh, uh not police but how do you um how do you prevent stuff like just standardly without like having people there ready to stop shooters we already know that doesn't work either like it just there's so many factors that go into that I'm trying to channel my inner Anthony right now. There's so many factors <laughs> to go into that. Without without an entire SWAT team, how are you going to prevent it? The fun yeah, callback. I mean, anyway, th- that's that that is that is kind of the problem. Is that there there really isn't a solution to a lot of these things, and I think that's why this conversation is so important to have. Because as it stands, there we we are living in like a crisis state. There's, there's literally a giant problem affecting a large portion of our population that we literally have zero answers for. Uh, and the answers that we thought we do have are not working. And so something has to be done, but so, nobody uh, knows. Again, I'm going to push back on this because okay. we've done psychological, like people have done <laughs> psychological studies and um, I like, I've posted several articles in our, in our Slack, but I don't, I'm not, I don't have time to cite right now. Um, but people have done studies on like, what causes, um, like what causes school shootings, and um, sure. how, like, how to prevent it, and um, that, like, you do, like, you do counseling. That's 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 how you prevent it. Um, and frequently, but like, but these things are ex- like it's expensive to tr- um, to train these people, and like, and then they have particular skill sets, so then they're expensive to retain, and um, so schools. Um, because they are run primarily through pri- uh, through property taxes, um, don't want to have to ask for more money to keep the pro- like to maintain the program and keep the program running. So um, they don't, yeah. and that means that the cycle just just, just repeats. <laughs> um, and then underfunded uh, schools. That's the say, solution. And then Fund every time, I say, and then every time it happens, the the argument is always, well, we need to like, well, we'll use like, you know, we'll use the cops. We'll have a cop here, and we'll have secure, like, we'll have security. Except that what that has shown is like most school shooters are suicidal. They like, like they, you know, they are like the, the dream is to die by cop. Like that is the intention, yeah. and so um, they know that there is an officer there. And that's why they are going there to make that happen. And so, uh, right. 
And so having an officer there doesn't, hasn't, histor- I say, very rarely reduces the number of casualties. It tends to increase it. Because they're willing to I, do more just, crazy things to invoke a higher police response. Yep. Makes sense. I just had a light bulb moment when you said that, Alex. I like, from the article that you had sent a while back, the thing about how to prevent school shootings, one of the things they mentioned um, in mental illness is that depressed people um, try to kill themselves. I don't think that's a shock to anybody. But it then the light bulb moment I had was that if you try and fail, your next course of action is to get somebody else to do it for you. Yep. Which makes sense why they would go to their school with a gun where they know there's officers who will just shoot you for any reason <laughs> and try to get shot. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yep. Um, so but, uh, like, oh. it's com- like it's com- it's super like I definitely understand like how we get here. Like uh, like obviously, well um, well police handle gun crime we want to prevent gun crime we put police in school like we increase security in the same way you don't want to be robbed you lock your door right like that's that's the like it's a, it's, it's a very it's a, it's a very intuitive way of getting there um but if you don't actually understand the problem it like then into like intuitive solutions don't work yeah. because you don't understand lo- like you don't understand the problem because the problem the logic tracks on paper yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're we're not treating the actual problem. We're treating what we think the problem is. I say right. I say uh, there's been a string of burglaries in um in the in your neighborhood, and so everyone's changing their locks, not knowing that the locksmith is the burglar. <laughs> yeah. Which means changing your locks does absolutely yeah, actually nothing to makes stop it that. worse. It it would have been better <laughs> to have done nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't think prevention's working. It's the pieces of that. I don't think uh, mental illness is like it needs to have its own it's that is a separate discussion from guns because like i said in the in one or two recordings ago that it is a scapegoat and that's all it is and that's all it will ever be in terms of gun violence is there a direct correlation slash causation i think so but it's you have to deal with those issues separately it's like trying to bring up an argument about like how Men have it hard during a discussion about women. It, it, you just, it doesn't, this isn't the time. Right. This is not, this is a scapegoat argument that does not work. Um, and as far as like the gun control thing, like he, I, I agree with you, Josh, that like that's the, that is a reasonable course of action. It makes sense. But I also think it is in its way a symptom of the gun violence in schools, ironically, taking away guns will, will stop shooting. That logic completely tracks for me, but it isn't the root cause. Right. It's, it's, it's the tool they're using, not necessarily the symptom of the reason. Whereas I think if we get more money to schools, um, a better mental health system, and then less guns, I think you can pretty much solve the problem. The issue is getting people to go for those three things. Yes. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of these feed into each other, though. I think that's the that's the thing that I think a lot of people either don't don't understand or they may not be like properly putting together. Uh, just like how people don't understand that, like you know, dealing with uh, like dealing with economic situations helps mental health. Dealing with housing crises or crises uh, help mental health. Dealing with uh, well, oh, homelessness is mental health. Yes. 
safety mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Mental, mental health. Yeah, that, that, I think that's mm-hmm. the thing that a lot of people are forgetting is that like they want people to like help you deal with the mental illnesses you have rather than dealing with the causes of the mental issues to begin with. But like I said, that's that's a that needs to be its own separate conversation. I agree with that, Nick. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I had about the poll. Uh, again, before we kick it off to the second uh, section of the the show here, I want to go ahead and reiterate that those come out every Friday on our Facebook page. Uh, we really like interacting with you guys. I know I haven't been as uh, active with the polls as I used to be, but that's because I am acting. I am interacting with them in a bit of a different way than I used to rather than just uh, directly uh, posting my responses on Facebook. So uh, next section, Alex, let's talk about some trends. Well, I'm going to channel my uh, Taze on day. Okay. And we're going to talk about the economy. Let's do it. Um, So uh, some people might have noticed um, U.S. inflation has hit a 40-year high of 8.6% on food, gas, and shelter costs. This immediately caused a downtick in the S&P 500 of over 2% and the NASDAQ down 3.5%. And this, uh, of course, comes from the uh, CPI, the Consumer Price Index. Okay. Um, so, uh, in addition to, so I was saying, so inflation, so like what, like, so inflation just is like the, the increase of thing, uh, like the increase of price of things. So, um, so what's the primary, I say, so, okay. What dry, what causes inflation is, um, complicated and, uh, identifying what is currently causing inflation is also very complicated. But um, one thing you can always point to is like so from first principles, um, you have raw you have raw goods. Um, you go through say raw goods undergo refinement into um, say either say either luxury or um, like or necessary items, and then though like and then those either go through like further refinement and like but so things that are required for everything else to work are. Um, they de- determine the prices of everything else. Right. Well, gas, as it turns out, is a thing that is required. Or say oil specifically, and then gasoline. Right. Um. So, uh, you may have noticed, Josh. Uh, um, gas prices have shot up significantly in the past um year. Yes. Um. So, as someone uh, who owns a car, I feel like it's impossible <laughs> not to notice. Right. <laughs> so, um, I want. So, I want to talk about. So, I want like. So, I want to start by like talking about gas prices. So, um, in order to determine gas price, well, gas comes from a refinement of oil, and most of our oil, um, despite what people like want to tell you, like comes from Saudi Arabia, and through OPEC, um, the. Um, what does OPEC stand for? It's oil producing. Uh, sorry. We'll get there. The Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. There we go. So it is a cartel of 13 countries who um, all produce oil and they um, collaborate together to determine how much oil they're going to produce so that the price remains stable. Okay. Um, so this is, uh, <laughs> this is, um, cla- like, this is classic price fixing. Um, and would be illegal if not for like it's a bunch of countries doing it. <laughs> um, at which point it's just economics. 
foreign policy. Um, so the price of oil right now is $118.87 per barrel. Price of gas is $4 on average is $4.34. All right. Keep those numbers in mind. Because I want to travel back in time to the last time we had like a, a ga- an oil, like a gas price problem. So in the heart of the Great Recession, 2008, um, oil peaked at $145.31 per barrel. Gas price, that was June 30th of 2008. Gas prices peaked shortly afterward um, uh, at $4.87 per, per um, that was the peak, but on average was about $3.42. Hmm. So you'll notice $3.42 is way less than $4.34. So what, but like, but the price of oil is, is still relatively low. So like, well, what's, what's going on? Well, and the answer is corporate greed. <laughs> so, um, so, so, so why is oil price high? Well, oil price high is because most of the OPEC states, um, oil is the heart of their economy. And so we, during COVID, their like their economy shrank quite significantly, um, and so now, like you know, you could largely you could describe them as petrol states. So um, now that we're starting to like return to normal, they want to um, make up. They want to regrow their economy. They want to get it back to where it was before. So they're keeping prices high. Um, this is further augmented by the like by the Russia war in Ukraine. Um, but that has, that has much more impact in Europe than it does in like here, here in the U.S. Yeah. We only import like 10%, like I think it's 2% of oil from Russia. Mm. So not really a significant factor there. So, um, so, so, so you have the, so the oil companies that want, oh, sorry, so, sorry. So the f- oil producing nations want to regain capital so that they can, restart their economies. Um, Oil companies similarly um, went through a reset as I went through a recession during like during COVID times, despite all, let's say at least on paper, they got a whole bunch of subsidies from like, from like from the, from the Trump government. government. Yeah. So um, how much they got and you know how that all worked out is um, uh, would require a lot more resources than we have here at the show. So um, I, I can't comment as to, you know, how, but like, but in principle, like they certainly got less than what they, than their arbitrary projections. Right. So um, now they just want to increase. Uh, so, so now they want to make up for lost time. And so they're just charging what they can, whatever the market will bear. Good old fashioned capitalism, you know, any elastic demand Good old fashioned right. <laughs> economics, um, but in addition to that, um, I also want to talk about since we are talking about the economy and the economy is complicated. So I want to talk about um, other things that people are pointing to about let's say about about the current inflation. So a lot of people are pointing to um, you know the the generous stimulus packages you know that went out during the uh, Biden administration. Um, 
So Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and several people from uh, I say say that that like this has a minor like this played a very minor role in like you know modest price changes. Um, this is a, like this is a smokescreen. They're lying. They're using I say companies are do, companies without accountability are doing what companies without accountability do. They lie for their own benefit. So well we're gonna point to I say. We're going to point to, we we think, we didn't like this thing. We're going to point to it and we're going to use it to justify our price increase. Um, it's like the, um, it's like the, the meme where um, they go, if we increase wages, then prices of goods will go up. And then it's a, it's the meme of um, Dennis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And it says, newsflash asshole, they've been going up the entire time. Correct. 100%. <laughs> um, so, so, uh. So the other part is so the other part I want to talk about is the Federal Reserve. Mm. So, um, which is a whole other episode because uh, it is a complete misnomer. Yep. The Federal Reserve is not part of the federal government. It is it's it is a private institution that the government has given the ability to um, to be responsible for printing and uh, managing U.S. dollars. Private company given power by the government, like given unilateral power by the government, not answer, not like not elected people. Like again, they're just like a regular company um, uh, and they just get to control the dollar. And um, they have their own idea as to what's causing inflation. Um, so uh, the chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, said his goal, his immediate goal is to get wages down. That is correct, everybody. You heard you heard oh. that. He says you are the problem. Oh. Uh, I referred to the meme I just said. <laughs> <laughs> he observed employers are having difficulties filling job openings and wages are rising at the fastest pace in many years. The problem, I say we need to bring wages down. Oh, well, it feels then. like a dog whistle for keep the rich rich, make the poor poor. Ah, because you, you noticed. So, um, <laughs> those of us uh, who have been on the show or uh, watch, you know, watch the show for a time or know or you know, know like a modern economic analysis, um, wages in the U.S. have been stagnant for forty years. Forty. It's the nineteen eighties. Do you think maybe if you if price, you know, say if prices globally increase because of inflation over forty years, um, and your wages remain the same, that maybe there would be a period where you'd need to correct for forty years of missed wages. You would think, not according to this guy. Well, no, because he's a neoliberal and um, you know trash. So <laughs> those two aren't aren't necessarily related but that they're tangentially related yeah, not that. all neoliberal not not all neoliberals are trash but a lot of trash tends to be neoliberal the other part is fascist <laughs> <laughs> all right so those are those are the numbers good i that was that was very uplifting <laughs> is what that was yeah i feel invigorated throw rocks the at the game. federal reserve <laughs> Yes, throw rocks at the Federal Reserve. Absolutely. So, uh, 
let's go ahead and switch gears for just a second and talk a bit more about uh, gun violence. Uh, there's just like how kind of the poll kind of brought us into this. I wanted to talk about a couple of different thoughts I had uh, with a couple of conversations that I've had with people as of late about different ways that we can attempt. Like if, if we have the power to uh, change things in America, what we could do and what are the, what are some of our thoughts as to how some of those things could uh, affect uh, the way that we handle gun violence. So I have, I have a couple of open-ended questions that I'm going to ask you guys. Uh, and we're going to see kind of where that takes us. Okay. Cool. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I was expecting some kind of response there, but it's okay. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, go for it. let's do it. We're in. Uh, my 100%. first question is it, it's been proven, uh, that Americans care a lot about access to weapons. It's literally baked into our constitution. Um, do we think that there is anything that we could do, uh, as, as an example, if we could, if we could act with, with unfettered power and we could do anything in regards to how America could change. Do we think there are any actions we could take that would make Americans more amenable to either stricter gun laws or a loss of access to certain types of weapons? Uh, we delete Fox news. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> Just delete Fox news. You just Fox News never existed. Boom, done. Okay. I mean, you have Newsmax now, and uh, the One America Network. So, you would have been right. That was the solution like forty years ago. <laughs> oh shit! Um, forty years too late. Yep. So my, I mean, not as, and again, not even necessarily like you know deleting them, but like just like reining them in, being like. Please be, please be reasonable. Be, be other, like you want to be the conservative adult in the room. And I, I appreciate you and I want you to do that, but you have to be the conservative adult. You don't get to be a petulant child. You have to be a reasonable conservative adult, not a petulant child. <laughs> I agree. Okay. My thoughts are uh, similar to, uh, for those of you, I, I didn't actually specifically state it, but uh, actually Anthony, is the one who had suggested uh, giving some kind of incentive for people to, you know, reduce guns or things along those lines. I actually think that the, at least in the current state of America, uh, the way to motivate people is with some kind of incentive. And so I don't know what the, exactly what that would be. I don't know if that's maybe some kind of like tax break or maybe something else along those lines. It I is need... cash money, homie. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a gun drive. You bring us guns. We give you cash. And we are the federal government, so we will give you um, some percentage above market value. We don't care about the condition. Right. We just we're gonna we just pay you cash. You give us guns come in, cash goes out. But that <laughs> I like the I like the little scrubbing of <laughs> hands there. Um, that that's actually something similar to what what I think is probably going to be the most effective in current day America is something along those lines, some kind of um, drive or something else along those lines to, uh, you know, just generally reduce the amount of guns that people have access to. Because I, I think that that's probably the most relevant uh, thing 
in my opinion, to kind of reduce gun violence is, is just reduce people's access to guns, take some of the guns away. Uh, it wasn't said directly on, Oh no, it was, it was said, uh, at the end of the last episode that, uh, we, we want to take your, <laughs> yeah, Anthony. Just it was, it. yes, yes, it, it was actually said. Uh, but there, there was a further conversation that actually happened from that, uh, where like people like, we know that people won't necessarily be okay with the taking of the guns without something in return, uh, given that people consider it their rights to own guns here in America. And I think that uh, some incentive-based removal is the most effective uh, thing that can happen, at least right now, until something else comes to change my opinion on that. That, that's 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 my only other thought. Mm -hmm. So, uh, going into my second question, um, I one of the things that I had originally uh, thought were kind of the problem was people's access to like assault rifles, uh, combat weapons, things along those lines. Um, what do we think the like banning of the sales of these types of weapons could affect the the nature of gun violence given that a lot of the things that happen especially in terms of mass shootings uh, tend to happen with you know things like assault rifles like if we could ban the selling of assault rifles to i don't know maybe people with specific kinds of licenses or things along those lines what do we think that would like if we make them less available to the public would that change uh maybe the types of weapons used in shootings and might adjust uh the lethality of them do we think do we think that would change at all yes yes <laughs> so like um so the uk and again uh other country in other countries when massacres occur they they just pass do they just pass gun laws uh, so the uk is like has banned basically all guns um uh, so instead, they uh, they don't use like they um, like when people like go to commit like these you know crimes of terrorism. When they go to commit terrorism, they, they can't use guns. They use knives. Mm. And um, as it turns out, you can't kill ten people with a knife before someone just stops you because you have to you know you have to get up real. You have to get up real close. You have to get up real close, and then like like, and you have to attack like, and you like one like one attack, like one stab tends to like not kill immediately. So you have to attack multiple times, and that gives other like, and it takes time, and then people have like people will react, and then uh, someone will tackle you. Historically, that is what happens. Someone tackles you, and then they take the knife away from you, and then they just like sit on you until. <laughs> Until the, authorities like, until the authorities arrive. <laughs> so that's, yes, that's, if you just like. That's, that's funny, but it's exactly what my coach told me to do in football. Tackle somebody and then sit on them so they can't get back up. Yes. Uh, it, it, and it, it works. It is, uh, it is a time-honored tradition. Um, it is quite effective. Um, <laughs> and any, effective. like, and you, it's like, And you don't even have to be trained to do it. You just, you just kind of you throw your body at them and then like you just. Like you just like you know lay there, um, and uh, as a result, yeah, like like the number of crimes go down because 
it you have to be very like it's just a lot more personal to stab someone to death than it is to point and pull and the click. trigger. Yeah. Um, and uh, and like and not so there were fewer te- like there are fewer things and they are less lethal. So if you remove full like you know fully automatic or semi-automatic or I'm throwing out words. These are broad categories. This is all up. This would all be up for discussion. We could we could come up with a reasonable set of rules that kind of works for, uh, kind of largely works for everybody, and we could phase them in over time. We don't have. This doesn't have to be a bloody revolution. We can <laughs> we can just be regular people and like recognize. So you have valid points. Also, dead kids. So maybe we can work out some si- some middle. system where I say where we like we st- like we stop the worst abuses which are like the worst atrocities which are dead children or like dead people in general and uh, say and while also respecting like the like va- you know valid arguments of you know of say of cultural significance of and I say um of protection from uh t- like from what's that, of protection from criminal elements of protection from um government tyranny like we can that's how it's actually written isn't it? it you have the right to bear arms against well i say so um well i say the most important part like everyone ignores the first part of the second amendment which is re- uh, well regulated militias operative words being yeah. well regulated uh, yep. No, I say George Washington was not about to give every home a cannon. It just wasn't <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> and if you talk to say, and I've ta- like I've talked to people who are you know very staunch Second Amendment, uh, you know, um, oh my goodness, uh, adherents. They you know just any what any firearm they should be able to own, and I'm just like okay. But like, what about like chemical? Like, what about like a grenade launcher? Except that instead of firing grenades, I fire cyanide. And they're like, "Oh no, you shouldn't ha- have that. It's a firearm." Well, that's unreasonable. Oh. So there is a line. You recognize there is a line. <laughs> Great. We have we have now established Great. there is a line. We can now start to. Discuss tune where the where line where be. we think the line should be. That's fair. Oh. That's, that's, say, a, that's actually. But, but cyanide launcher, on is is over much, the line. Too much. Cannon unreasonable. Cannon, pro like like tank. <laughs> no one needs a tank. All right, great, cool. Like we'll put that over on the other side of the line. But see, I would argue a cannon is on my side of the line. <laughs> I would you like a, a cannon. cannon in my yard. You, you want please? a cannon in your yard? So like, what yeah. happens to like when some neighborhood kids like for a joke because they don't think they don't believe that the cannon is real? Like, load up the cannon and then turn it and then like la- like and then you know light it and, and like watch blow a, a hole through house. your house. Do you think I'm gonna keep the ammo by the cannon? <laughs> well, no, no, they're, no, gonna, bring they're, they're gonna bring the they're gonna bring their own. They think I say they think it's a joke and they just oh, bring like okay. a like the, you know they grab a twenty pound turkey from the <laughs> from the Walmart and they load the turkey <laughs> into the turkey cannon. Into you. All right, house. okay, I see. You know what? That's on me. I didn't think that far through. So, <laughs> so are we are we putting the cannon on the I'll, other side of the line? For you, <laughs> No, I still want my cannon. 
this is literally the argument that people will make. Oh, I didn't think about that from the assault rifle thing. I still want the assault rifle. <laughs> like, all right, we got to think this through, though. No, the cannon is a bad idea. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't worry. And don't worry. They did not throw the turkey. They bought it frozen. <laughs> they loaded the frozen, frozen turkey. <laughs> is that at least well, the turkey window? actually, once it went through my house, was cooked. Because of the cannon fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was, it was, um, I only had one other question, and and this one is uh, a bit simpler than the other two. Uh, given the nature of uh, gun issues in America, do we think that federal action would be the best way to combat it, or is this something that would be better solved on the local slash community level? Um, I want to hear your thoughts, Josh. My thoughts. Um, yeah. personally, I think we, we, need, we just need laws. Like, I, I feel like if we can just like implement like strong, effective gun laws that would limit like half of the problem, but like we need those laws to come into effect and passing laws is really fucking hard in America. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally think federal action is the most effective, but I, I also believe there are several things that could be done on a local and community level that might help. I, I functionally think the opposite because as Anthony pointed out last time, if we all showed up to a parks and rec meeting, we could be, we could win that meeting. Um, and the thing about it is, I think much like how they, how, um, marijuana legalization works, if you can get enough people to show up to local meetings and local meetings, um, start changing gun laws and that changes into state laws and then you just you keep climbing the ladder. I think that would be a much more effective way to do it. And if nothing else, if you do it on the local level, you feel, you, you get that feeling of this is working. You get the good dopamine feeling because you're actually visibly around for the changes instead of on this national level where you've tried to change things and nothing really seems to be changing. On a local level, you are impacted immediately. Um, so, uh, um, so about say so about Chicago, right? Because Chicago right, has go. gun, <laughs> say has gun laws, but uh, I say this is the everyone's the conservatives' favorite talking point. Um, gun laws don't work because uh, Chicago has gun laws and still has gun crime. And it's like, well, yes. But the guns aren't bought in Chicago; they're they're bought elsewhere, and elsewhere, and Chicago. then brought into Chicago. So, like, um, yeah, local legislation might help a like a, like I say a small area, like the might, will affect the people in the small area. And you're like, and you're absolutely right. Like, you need for something like this, like. If you try from like the problem is like if you try from the top down, like people will resist, and it like it feels like ty- like it feels like tyranny because you know, like you know, it, it is a for like it it feels like tyranny, um for being like being on the other side of it. So like if you want meaningful like changes, like yeah, they have to come like from like you know, they have to start at the grassroots and like it, it has to come from the bottom up, but. Until you reach a large consensus, um, there will there like there will all, there will be a period where um, this section this this little area has gun laws, 
and people from outside of that area just go into that area to commit, like to say, to cause like to cause havoc. Yeah. Um. Either because they want to like because they want to do crimes or because they want to rile up like they want to rile up politics and they want to defeat this thing. And uh, the easiest way of defeating this thing is I just show you how ineffective it is. I would just laugh at you and say, well, but I'll just buy my guns in Indiana and then come over here and, uh, and, and shoot people in Chicago. And we'll see how effective your gun laws are when yep. guns violence is still happening. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. Well, that, that was, was actually the same argument reason. that came with uh, marijuana use. When people were arguing marijuana use, they were saying that like, regardless if you make like, if you guys want to, you know, completely criminalize marijuana, uh, people are still going to smoke it. They're going to bring it in from somewhere else and keep smoking it. So we should just make it legal so that those people aren't getting punished. And like, that's the exact same argument. And effectively it's, I don't really know what to do with that, you know, because it is true. And I think you, like you guys have said, you could say the same thing of the gun law argument. Like I'll just bring guns from somewhere else and shoot up your neighborhood because what are you going to do? You don't have any guns. And I, so I get the federal level situation too. Now, if nobody's got any guns, no one can shoot anybody else. But I think that kind of is a vacuum thought process because guns already exist. <laughs> so if you federalize no guns, people already have them. Well, no, I don't think you federalize right. no guns. I think right. you federalize so, less guns. Yeah. Okay. I say, but like, so like you know, like the point is, like the point is that like federalism, like federalism and like self determination sound great. Until, until as like, right, like right up until you recognize happen. you have neighbors, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who might feel differently than you. But uh, this podcast has been brought to you in part by El Yag Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. Listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcasts, articles, and polls like the one we covered today. Thank you all at home for listening. Thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, We will see you next time. Josh and the studio out.